I'm, I'm genuinely excited to share with you what we feel is the, the new vision of values that God has given uh, Zio as a church, which we have been discussing, praying, grappling with as a leadership team for over two years now. Um, last year, if you were part of Zio, you'll know that we celebrated our 40th birthday. The church was 40 years old, and we felt the Lord was saying last year that he was going to reboot the church that it was going to be the same but different. It was going to be like a reboot. And what was interesting is uh, a week Saturday ago, a whole bunch of us gathered in Y Boston Lakes Conference Center, about 50 of us, and our guest speaker was a guy called Steve Upple, and he talked to us about how he believed that God was resetting the church, just like you, you know, your phone has a reset. Um, one of the joys of technology, you know, the most simplest solution to any problem with your mobile phone, with your computer, with your device, the simplest solution if it's not working is to do what? Turn it off and turn it on again. And, uh, and usually that works, but sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes it is not enough, and you have to, have to do the thing that you dread the most with your mobile device, which is to do a factory reset. And when you do a factory reset of your mobile phone, you lose all of your personal preferences, Steve reminded us, and we have to go back to the manufacturer's default. And it was a powerful word he brought to us that maybe that's what God is doing at the moment, like a factory reset of the church and even of Zio. And the challenge of this message today for me, for all of us, is am I willing to let go of my personal preferences in order to embrace the manufacturer's settings for my life and, and for Zio? Amen? Amen. And, and so, so we want to share this vision with you today. And, and what I'm really, really praying is that three things will happen. And, and you'll get to explore this over the whole of this term. Is that not just will you catch this vision, not only will you carry this vision, but actually you'll cast it as well. That, that, that it will get so much a hold of it. I'm, I'm not praying that you get a hold of God's vision. I'm praying that God's vision gets a hold of you. That there's something in this, you just think like, yes, I'm scared, I've still got questions, there are big things yet to figure out, but I, I sense that God is speaking, not Matt is speaking, not the leadership is speaking, but I sense that God is speaking, and I want to join in with what he's doing. That's what we're praying for uh, today. But I want to start by telling you about the story when I was 10 years old and I thought I'd miss the rapture. I want to start there. Now, if you're new to that phrase, the rapture, then let me just give you some context. Um, so when we read the Bible, there are various passages in the Bible that give us a sense of how this world is going to play out, how the world's going to end, what's going to happen uh, at the end of days. And, uh, and there are lots of different interpretations of, of those passages. And, and one of those interpretations is that when Jesus comes back, uh, that all of the people who are followers of Jesus will be raptured. They will literally disappear um, off the face of the earth and they'll go and be with Jesus before he eventually comes back with them and returns. That's called the rapture. And, uh, and, it was, and, and that view, particularly, there were songs about it. Like If you're old like me, you'll remember songs like Left Behind. Does anyone remember those songs? Don't get left behind. There was a whole book series, Left Behind, that you know, the rapture was going to happen, and the last thing in the world you want is to be left behind. And, uh, and so um, I want to tell you about the story I thought I'd been left behind. And, uh, and I was, I'd gone into Hitchin with my mom and my sister, 
And this was in the days where uh, there used to be a Dorothy Perkins in Hitchin, and there was a, there was a, a news agent, Martin's news agent, slightly further up the road. And my and mum and my sister, they wanted to go and uh, get some clothes from Dorothy Perkins. And I, I'm a 10-year-old. I don't want to go into Dorothy Perkins. And so I said to them, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go next door into Martin's, and I'm going to look at some comics and magazines, and then, and then you come to me when you're ready. Well, shock horror, they were in there a long time, people. A long time. And so in the end, there's only so many times you can read the Beano in a, in a, a magazine without someone thinking you're going to nick it. And so, so I decided, okay, I'm going I'm to have to you know, man up and go into Dorothy Perkins as a 10-year-old boy and walk in. So I go into Dorothy Perkins, and to my horror, people, I could not find them. I could not find them. Now, there was an upstairs and a downstairs, and I, I remember looking around and going upstairs, and, and I could not find them. And it suddenly dawned on me, the only plausible explanation of this is that they had been raptured. They had gone to be with Jesus, and I had been left behind. Now, what is the only thing that you can do as a 10-year-old child when you're in the middle of Dorothy Perkins, and you think that your mum and sister have been raptured, and you've been left behind? What is the only thing you can do? Cry! So I burst into tears in the middle. I mean, real like tears, like, you know, crying out. Ah! And then the, this shop assistant came up to me and, and, and she said to me, she said like, oh, what was the matter, little boy? And I was just like, my mom and my sister, they have been raptured. <laughs> and she looks at me, she's like, I don't even know, what, what are you talking about? But then, then, because my mom's here, she wasn't raptured, and uh, it was a bit of a surprise to me, even the thought of it, but, um, but, but I hear mum and Sam calling from the change rooms, we've not been raptured, we're just changing. <laughs> True story. And the reason, of course, I was so upset by this is because I knew, even as a 10-year-old, that being left behind, life without Jesus, I knew would be terrible. Life without Jesus. Missing out on the life of Jesus would be terrible. Because Jesus is the best. He is life in all its fullness. He's the hope of the world. He's our Savior, Lord, and King. And the thought of, of, of missing out on that was terrible, even for me as a 10-year-old. Life without Jesus is terrible. Life with Jesus, though not perfect, though still with suffering and struggling, is the best life. And so as we look back, you know, on the last 40 years of Zio Church, we're so thankful for what God has done. All the various stories, the fact that we're all here. When it began 40 years ago with just eight people in the front room of my mum and dad's house, just not a mile from here. We're thankful for what God has done over years, all the lives impacted. But when COVID happened, when lockdown happened, for us, like every church, there was this pause moment, this, this reset moment. Okay, God, what are you up to? And we were asking ourselves this question, like, how are we doing when it comes to the two most important things that Jesus spoke to us about, what's called the Great Commandment and the Great Commission? The great commandment is this. Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. And the first, this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these commands. The greatest commandment. To love God, love people, love yourself. The greatest commandment. How are we doing on that? And then the great commission 
that, that flows, should naturally flow out of the great commandment. If you really, really love people, if, if you want to see them have life and life in all its fullness, then, then the great commission should be inevitable. It, like, it should flow out of that. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go and make disciples, baptize them, teach them. Be, be a disciple maker, a follower of Jesus, apprenticing, learning how to become like Jesus in every way. And at the end of October, we're really uh, excited about, at 5 p.m. at Zio Center, we're going to have our next baptism service. And baptism services are my favorite services of the whole year where people boldly are willing to stand up and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And they, and they do essentially what Matthew 28 talks about. They get baptized as their commitment to discipleship. And in the past six years, you know, despite the challenges of COVID, we've, we've baptized 22 people. 22 people who have said, like, I've decided to follow Jesus. And on one level, that's great, isn't it? I mean, that is great. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. But it's such a small number, friends. Such a small number. There are tens of thousands of people within a mile or so of this place, maybe a few more miles, who don't realize how amazing Jesus is, that their, that their self-worth, their significant security is truly and only found in him. Or thousands of people who don't know. We know. We've got it. They don't know. And they're searching for him. So it's good. And yet there's so much more. Uh, one of my favorite writers on leadership, a guy called Jim Collins, he talks about organizations, whether they're businesses or charities or churches, that are enduring, are willing to confront the brutal facts without losing faith and hope that things can change. And so the brutal facts are we, like the majority of churches in the country and probably in the Western world, we've seen very few people become disciples of Jesus, and there is little culture of disciple-making disciples in our church. And, and whilst we are absolutely encouraged by what we sense is the growth in love for God and for each other and hopefully for ourselves, like there is so much more love to pour out from heaven into us and into a hurting world. So much more that God wants to do. And so it's no surprise that God is wanting to do a little bit of resetting, a bit of rebooting, a bit of shifting, and he's not doing it. We have no sense of condemnation or judgment. God's not angry with his church or anything like that. But there's just this invitation. There is so much more, so much more God wants to do in us and through us for our good and for the good of the whole world. And so, so in that, for these last two years, we have been, I know you've been joining us, we've been praying and been discussing, we've been reading, we've been looking at what God's doing in Zio, we've been looking at what God's been doing around the world and trying to get a sense of, okay, God, what does this reboot look like? What does this new vision look like, which is much less focused on a Sunday morning experience but much more about a discipleship movement, which is what Jesus was always about. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus commanded his disciples, just before he goes off, he says that you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And in 2019, 
We were asking God, okay, God, if, if that's the call of every disciple to be a witness in Judea, Samaria, um, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth, what is our Jerusalem? What's our Judea? What's our Samaria and to the ends of the earth? And we, we really felt, because of the demographic of our church, where we have people both from Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire, that this this expression of God's body, Zio, um, is not a Hitchin church, it's a Beds Hearts church. So, that, so our Jerusalem is Beds and Hearts. don't know if you know this, but there are 1.9 million people in Beds and Hearts. 1.9 million people. And, and so we've got to ask the question, what's it going to take, if it's in the heartbeat of God, to reach 1.9 million people? What does that look like? And, and of course... The honest answer is it's not going to come through one church with a very, very big thousand-seater building or five churches with a big thousand-seater building. Like, that is never going to happen. It's going to demand the movement of churches, a movement of disciples, and churches being planted, a movement that moves beyond beds, hearts, and bucks, our Jerusalem, into the whole of our Judea, which we feel is the UK, beyond the borders of our Judea, the UK, into Europe, where Sam and Leo are in Moldova, that's our Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth, for example, Paul and Elaine Little, who are Zeopartsers in Mexico. A movement of passionate, envisioned, equipped, and empowered individuals who together feel deeply committed to God's vision and will do whatever it takes to see it happen. A movement where everybody recognizes, hear me church, everyone recognizes they are all pastors and priests. Everyone is a pastor and a priest. So if you call me Pastor Matt, then I'll say, yeah, great, God bless you but also Pastor Stephen and Pastor Felicity. We are all, it's, it's what the scripture calls the priesthood of all believers. We are all, we all have a part to play. And by the way, this whole disciple-making movement thing isn't new. I don't know if you know that right now there are 1,300 disciple-making movements across the world. 1,300. And when I talk about disciple-making movements, I'm talking about a genuine movement where disciples are making disciples are making disciples are making disciples, resulting in churches that plant churches that plant churches that plant churches over and over again to at least four generations happening over and over again. Many of you will know, if you've been part of Zio, that one of the overseas organizations we support is Mission India. And all the work that they do, which includes planting churches. And, and in 2021 alone, they planted thousands of churches. Thousands of churches reaching millions of people in one year. Because it's movement. It's organic. It's not like this. And we'll come to that in a minute. What does this look like? This is posing all kinds of questions. Stay with me. So this brings us then to the... To the vision of Zio that we feel like God's calling us to, which brings together both the great commandment and the great commission. And it's this. We are called, we believe, to be a passionate, that's our Zio, movement of disciples who make disciples, loving God, loving others, and releasing the transforming power of Jesus throughout the whole world. We are called to be a passionate movement of disciples who make disciples, loving God, loving others, and releasing the transforming power of Jesus throughout the world. And so, so a few years ago, we had a vision which was about being a church of a thousand. And now we're sensing like God's just like, as, as there's a verse that's in Ephesians 3.20, and God says, He will do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. 
And so here we were saying, like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could see a thousand people be in a church? And what if God was saying to us, what if you could be a thousand churches? Or thousands and th- churches? And if that number sounds ridiculous to you, let, let me just bring two clarifying questions as we think about what it means to be a disciple-making movement. All of these disciple-making movement churches are small. They're usually around 15 to 25 people. And then they multiply exponentially over a period of time. And so, for example, let's say if we started, you know, we have this church. This is the mothership. And, and in year one, we planted a church. That's two. If, if the favor of God was on it, then in year two, they both did a little plant of a little small church. That would be four. In year three, it would be eight. Year four, 16. By year seven, it would be 128. By year nine, 512. And by year 10, 1,024 churches. Just by each church, within 12 months, planting another little church. Now, listen, reality check. I know it will be messier than that. I, I know it will be hard and difficult, and it will be steps forward and steps back. I know, I know that's the reality. But as we've looked at what God is doing in disciple-making movements around the world, including in the West, there is a slow kind of ramp up at first as we're learning and trying to cooperate with the Spirit. And then there is this divine spark moment where it just, things just explode. And that's what we're believing for. So when I say a thousand churches, that might seem it's impossible. Well, with God, nothing is impossible. But even if you do the maths, even if it takes 20 years, why would we not want to see a thousand little Zio gatherings reaching people in the communities all over the world? Like, why would we have a smaller vision than this? And, And if you say to me, yeah, but like, you know, what about other churches? I hope every other church has the same vision. Every church recognizing that we can do this. I was reading just an example of a, of a church that deconstructed itself from one big church to a, a church planting movement, disciple making movement. And in the last eight years, that church has planted 70,000 churches in eight years. Churches planting churches, planting churches, disciples making disciples. They've caught something and Jesus is inviting us to be a part of this. I, I want to paint a picture in just a moment of what that looks like. But before I do that, I want to share with you what, what we again, and we've really wrestled and prayed and sharpened and focused for so long, look at these things, what we sense is the priorities or the values of the kind of culture that this Zio movement God is calling us to be. Like What lies at the very heart of it? And so let me go through these four things. And the first is closeness with Christ. Like, that's what ultimately we want to be about. Christ is everything to us. He's the hope of the world, the gateway to life, the bringer of peace. He's our almighty Savior King. Our greatest passion above all else is to know him, to worship him, and to become like him. Closeness with Christ. This this is a movement of people who know above all else, I want to know Jesus. And if we don't get that right, nothing else is going to work. I want to know Jesus. Secondly, in this together... We are members of God's eternal family where everyone is known, loved, valued, and needed. Life is often messy. It is, isn't it? The struggles are real. We don't have all the answers, so we support and cheer each other on in the journey, committed to humility, compassion, and kindness together. Like closeness with Christ is our relationship with him in this together. is like whatever's going on, the good, the bad, and ugly, the imperfect and the perfect, we are in this together. Like, we're figuring this thing out together. We're learning how to follow Jesus together. And then the overflow of that, our third value priority, is being good news. 
that God has chosen us to be good news in all that we say and do so that we will be alert to what he's up to and ready to join in. We expect to see God's power at work through us, bringing hope and healing into a broken world as we live lives of radical grace and mercy, justice and generosity. Like We want to be good news. Like Wherever we are in the world, when, when we step into a room, because we carry the presence of Jesus, that room is going to be better because we carry his presence. When we're in the workplace, not us, but Jesus in us, bringing hope wherever we are. We're good news in our words, in our actions. And, you know, we are a church, as you know, that are committed to, to transforming the community. We're committed to acts of justice. And we'll com- continue to do those things corporately, like, you know, all the stuff we're doing, trying to feed people and help people get out of debt and, and in future housing. We're committed to do that corporately. But actually, what is even more important is that we have a movement of disciples who figure out what it means for them to live a life of justice where God has planted them. Where God's planted them. And then finally, the secret source that changes this upper level is that we're always multiplying. That the kingdom of God is a movement, not a monument. We are praying and working to see disciples who multiply disciples, leaders who multiply leaders, and churches that multiply churches so that Jesus would be known everywhere. Oh, let's do that again. So that Jesus would be known everywhere, 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 everywhere. Like, what's it going to take to, for God to stir our hearts in this? You know, if, if, if two parents ran in right now and, and, and in tears and, and in, in anxiety, and they said, like, I've, I've lost my kids. I've lost my kids. We can't find them anywhere. Please, please come. I've lost my kids. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't a whole bunch of us say, we'll help. We'll help. We'll get out there. We'll, we'll help you find those kids. We'll go all over. And uh, some of us might not be able to move around, and we'll just pray like crazy. Oh, I help the one. I pray that the ones who are out there will find the kids. Wouldn't, wouldn't we do that? Would, would, we, would we literally just kind of sit and say, well, we hope you find them? No, I, I hope we would think, no, we're going to come out, and we'll stop all this, and we will help you find your kids. Do you know that the Father heart of God is calling each and every one of us, and he's saying, I've lost my kids. I've lost my kids. They're all lost. They're all out there. They don't know they've disconnected they think that I am dead they've made themselves orphans but I want to restore them back into life-giving relationship I want them to know that I'm their heavenly dad I have good things for them my son came and he died for them and he rose again for them and everything every price has been paid they don't need to punish themselves anymore they can be set free from guilt and shame they can be restored into relationship with me they can know the hope and help and healing of heaven both now and for all eternity I've lost my kids will anyone go out and help me find my kids when anyone help me I find my kids do you know the only thing you can take to heaven with you is people does our diary reflect that this is a movement that's committed to a culture of closeness with Christ in this together being good news and always multiplying so that Jesus would be known everywhere what does what does this look like in practice I'm nearly done what's it look like in practice well it It looks like these four things that we are heading towards in our journey. Number one, grounding in Jesus through daily personal spiritual practices. This is a movement of people who just say, every day I need to spend some time with Jesus. Because that's closeness with Christ, every day. And I'm training myself to do that. Number two, growing, growing in faith and life in discipleship huddles of two or three people to cheer each other on in becoming like Jesus. Deep, honest, real friendships where we're looking out for each other and helping. A movement of people who are like that. 
and then going in what we will call, we're not there yet, Zio communities, which are reproducing missional expressions of Zio Church, which are focused on bringing God's transforming love and power, either to a specific geographic area, or maybe a particular people group, maybe youth, young adults, maybe the homeless or refugees. But a Zio community is essentially a mini church. It's the next stage evolution on from where we are now, church at home. Church at home is great. It's gathering us as Christians. But, and that's great. That serves a purpose. But as we said, when we launched church at home, it was never supposed to be the end game. We're getting into this. We gather together, which is the last thing in Zio celebrations, where Zio communities in a specific area gather to celebrate what God is doing and receive a fresh impartation from heaven. So we've got, we have a moments like this, gathering in big zeal celebrations. We're excited about what God is doing. We're getting a fresh impartation, a bit of training, a bit of encouragement, sharing stories, which is what we're about going to start doing, sharing stories on a Sunday. And then we go a little bit smaller in what is now church at home, but eventually we'll move over to Zio communities when we're seeing people who don't know Jesus come and discover faith and become disciples. And then those Zio communities reproducing and reproducing and reproducing, not getting too big, 20, 25 people and then growing to the next level. And then within that, still we got a couple of mates, two or three people who eventually are becoming friends maybe. That's not your commitment for this term. Don't worry, your commitment for this term. Just hang out with some people, see what God will do. And then we have these daily practices of being with God. I want, I want you to just come with me to 10 or 20 years. 10 or 20 years' time. I know this is new, but, but what if God really did? Because I think it's the longing of his heart spark a movement of his spirit and kingdom through Zio. What, what, if, what if in 20 or so years' time, we're seeing that there are thousands of, of Zio communities, these mini churches that are meeting in homes and coffee shops and community halls, a movement of Jesus' followers who are seeing their families and their neighborhoods and their workplaces and their schools and universities transformed by the love and power of Jesus. Like a movement that is an unstoppable force for kingdom good, drawing multitudes of people into life-giving, eternal relationships with God and helping others do the same. And a movement that celebrates every small act of love and kindness where everyone discovers that they have a unique way and part to play in what God's called them to be and do. Now, you may be thinking, I don't know if I can do that. Join the club! This is a brand new place. It's exciting and scary for all of us. But God can do it. And he'll do it in us in different ways. God's not asking you to become like me or me to become like you. God knows you. He knows your life. He knows your gifts. He knows your passion. He knows where he's planted you. And he will work through you to be good news. Don't let your starting point be, I don't think I could do that. Because that implies that you know exactly what that is. We need to just be saying, God, what are you asking of me? What do you want me to do? How does this land just in these next couple of months? Well, in these next, this next term, we're continuing church at home on the alternating weeks, and we're gathering. And I know a number of people have said, like, are we going to go back to weekly meetings here? And we, friends, we just got to be honest. We have no sense from God that that, that is any time soon, if ever, but definitely no time soon, at least for the next year or so. 
Because we, we feel that God's doing this new thing of gathering us on week one and week three all together for what this does for us and then scattering us in, in homes and then in future in halls in other places. Uh, being gathered and scattered uh, together. And so I know that that may generate all kinds of feelings and thoughts and oh, how's that? how do I feel about that? I, I want to invite you in a minute to think about how you respond. I'm nearly, nearly done. And, and so this term is continuing that, and then we're trying this huddle things, this term. And then next term, there may just be a, a small group of people who want to go on a bit of a journey to start thinking and praying about how either their church at home could become a ZO community, i.e. reaching people, or people who want to just start a ZO community from scratch and want to go on a bit of a journey with Amy and I as we think about that in Lower Stondon to what that might look like. One of the things in this I want to assure you is that God is not in a hurry. Well, I mean, it's taken us two years to get to this. And I was saying to the leaders a week Saturday ago, I, was, um, I, I have a little prayer practice that once a week I try to go for a long walk with Jesus, uh, just to have a chat uh, with him in, in my fields. And on this particular day, I was walking, and I was walking at my normal pace, and I had one of those rare moments where I, I kind of felt God speak, not audibly, but this very strong thought, and I felt God say, I don't usually walk as quickly as this. And I was like, oh, well, okay. So I, st- I tried to slow down, and, and the slower I got, I, I still felt Jesus go, no, I, no slower, slower, slower. And, and I ended up kind of like literally almost kind of walking like this, and it was excruciating for me to walk so slowly because I realized that actually what was happening is I was more committed to finish the walk than I was to walk with Jesus. And Jesus was reminding me, he never runs, he walks. And he walks with us all individually. And so we're all having different reactions to what I'm saying today. If you're like me, you'll feel hopefully a mix of excitement and a little like, how's this all going to play out? But maybe, maybe you're just like, how's it going to play out? And you've got anxiety. And, and I just want to say, that is okay. Jesus is walking with us. And he walks with each of us in his own pace and your pace. And so we journey together. That's why the whole of this term in our church at home groups, we're going to be talking about this. And so how do we respond to this? How do we respond? I know the time is gone. Dan, do you want to kind of come on up? That'd be great. Three, three things I want you to consider in your response to this. Number one, here's a big question that we all need to ask. Big question. God, is what has just been shared you... Is this what you're saying, God? And if so, are you calling me to be a part of it? That's the most important question. Like, does this, does this feel, even though, even though it raises questions, even though it brings out some challenges in me, ultimately, is it God? And if it is you, God, what does it require of me? What part do I play? And, and the journey is us figuring out the answer to that each of us. Secondly, I want to encourage you to join the conversation that's now taking place. Be part of a church at home. Be part of talking about this with other people. Grapple with it. Talk to us about it. Let's let's do this together. And then thirdly, decide your, your next step in light of that. It would be amazing if, if many of us were like, as we pray, grapple, talk, chat positively, graciously, 
that we feel, you know what? This sounds crazy. It must be God. So I'm going I'm to jump in. See what happens. See what happens. Jesus is inviting us not into a program. Jesus is inviting us into a brand new way of life, of following him. When you leave together today, you'll each be able to get a card. It's got the vision on one side, and it's got the four value statements on another. We hope you'll take those away and pray. And if you've got questions, that you'll come and, and chat with us um, about those things. I said you're welcome to join us for lunch at, at Zio. Do hang around for a bit because we've got a packed down Zio kids. And then we're just going to put loads of chairs out and you can grab some food and sit on the balcony or sit downstairs or it's a nice day, even outside. And we hope to have a little moment where we can just pack in and pray together, maybe even field a few questions. Um, this, is a, this is a risky time in the life of Zio. Just let me just say this. It's a risky time. Everyone loves change, providing it's their idea. And um, I was saying to the leaders the other day, like, don't assume this is easy for us. We're just trying to follow what we sense Jesus is saying. And it's costly for all of us. But the enemy would love to jump in at this moment and cause massive disunity. Gossip. Backbiting. Upset. And I want to say, look, it's really okay to disagree. It's really okay to feel differently. It's really okay to have some questions and concerns. All of that's okay. But it's not okay to be disagreeable. It's not okay to be unkind. It's not okay to sow disharmony. That's not okay. And so like, if you've got an issue or concern with something I've said, and I, I might have not said things right, then please come and talk to me first. Did you really mean that, Matt? Come talk to me first, or, or Amy, or Jamoki, or any of the other team. Let's not allow the enemy to get in here and cause disunity. We see things differently. That's the richness of us shaping together. So should we stand? I know our time is gone. I want to pray for us. And guys, we'll just we'll go into a short bit of singing. Is that okay? Because I know we need to get back for Zio Kids. And so, so I just, I just want to ask you, just right where you are, if you can, just uh, if you feel able to hold out your hands before the Lord. Remember, this is, this is our way of just surrendering and asking for something from heaven. And so in this moment, we're asking, Lord, is this you? Lord, in a sense, we've all got our own opinions. I've got my own opinions. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think and what you're saying and what you're asking. And change is painful, Lord. So we ask that you give us grace for each other in the grieving of things that we hoped for which may not play out the same. We pray that you give us peace in the anxiety when we're in this middle space and things aren't fully clear. And we pray that you give us courage in the face of fear when we're just fearful. Like, is this going to play out? That's what we pray, Lord. Comfort, peace, and courage as we hear from you. At the end of the day, Lord, our prayer is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, in our lives, through our lives, as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus.